a new report says two in five Americans think credit card debt is embarrassing. And one third of people in the country keep how much they owe private. All right, we're talking about everything debt. So if you've had debt, if you're thinking about having debt, if you've ever had questions about, is this debt good? Is this bad? What's the fastest way or best way to pay off debt? The shortest distance between you and wealth is having no debt. But there are people that intelligently, more intelligently than that, use debt. And so there's a spectrum there. But even those are taking on risk. My name is Caleb Williams. I run betterwealth.com and the heart behind our company is to help people live more intentionally by helping them be efficient with their money. And, and my definition of efficiency is removing any friction to get to where you want to go. And what I find is a lot of people lack frameworks. A lot of people lack ways of thinking about money. There's some people on the internet that are teaching you how to um, get in as much debt as possible. They're like, debt is the key to unlocking uh, true wealth. And then there's many people on the other side that are saying all debt is bad. Literally, if you have debt, you are a slave to the lender and you should uh, focus on becoming debt free. And debt free is almost this idea of you are financially free when, when you're debt free. And as you can probably guess, um, I'm in the middle of the road and I can almost agree with both sides. Like I can 100% agree with Dave Ramsey on, on a lot of cases of, of like, you should be debt free. Like literally debt is, is enabling you to live less than you're capable of living 100%. And then on the on the flip side, I can 100% agree with people that are teaching people how to use debt as a tool to acquire assets and their net worth, their their risk profile is lower and their cash flow is higher because of debt. And I and I might be you might be thinking, Caleb, you're like flip flopping or you're wishy washy. No, I am actually um, I have a way of thinking that's very consistent. I'm going to teach that to you in this video. And uh, I believe if you have a framework a way of thinking about something, a way of, of, of a structure of how to think about um, these issues, uh, we, we can actually think more advanced than just taking a headline and saying, this is my belief. Because I think both, both headline readers can be, um, can be misleading. And the only way that I know to, to teach is to actually walk you through a framework of how we coach people day in and day out. Um, and this whole debt conversation is so important that I wanna take a teaching tool, a framework that we use in our coaching and say, hey, I, I believe that anyone um, and everyone has the right to understand this way of thinking. And so if you find this video helpful or, or useful, please share, please like, it really helps um, other people find this. And I, and I believe that there are so many people that um, their lives would be better if they saw this video and got this framework. And so if you're someone that's visual, you can get the handouts down below um, and you can follow along because I'm a big fan of, of uh, really, really, really trying to be effective. And I know that some people are visual learners and some people love listening and some people are a version of both. So um, I'm gonna take you through the framework and, it, and the framework is as simple as three steps. But within the three steps, there's a lot of questions. So step number one is, should you buy this thing? Step number two is looking at the difference between good debt and bad debt. Essentially, should you use debt or should you not? And then step number three is, um, if you have bad debt, the fastest way or best way to pay off that bad debt. And that's, that's as simple as it's gonna be. And, and at, by the end, you will be a debt expert and you'll be able to use this video and this framework to help yourself and help other people that you love uh, navigate this, this debt world. So before I, before I jump in, I wanna, wanna go big, big picture. Because when I use the word debt, I think a lot of us have an emotional uh, feeling about it. But I want you to know that when I use the word debt, I do not get emotional 
about the word debt. See, if you pull out a dollar bill or a $5 bill or a $10 bill or a $20 bill or a $50 bill or a $100 bill, there's something that's in common with all those bills. It's what's at the top of that bill. And at the top of that bill says Federal Reserve Note. Since the U.S. went off the gold standard, um, we have um, used a debt-based society. The, the best way that I can explain this is if you use cash today, cash is a form of currency and currency is debt because it literally says it on their Federal Reserve note. So whether I use my credit card, whether I use a instrument from the bank or whether I use cash, I am using an instrument of debt. Now, I know that that might mean different from my personal economy uh, versus the bank's economy, but at the end of the day, I am using debt with, with whatever. So if I swipe my debit card, it's a version of debt. Um, because, you know, ever since we went off the gold standard, we're in a debt-based society. And so the way that I think about this, the lens that I think is, is the lens of efficiency. What is the best way to accomplish what I want to accomplish? And, and there are many people that the best way to do that would be a debit card and cash. And then there are sometimes people that are using credit cards and debt. And both can be true because their lens is, I wanna remove any friction to get to where I wanna go. And what we're trying to do is asking the question, what is the best thing? What is the most optimal thing for my, my situation and my household economy? And so um, I don't get emotional with debt. I understand that debt is everywhere, but I want, the, I want to do what's best for myself, my household, my business. So, so with that, the, the first the first thing as it relates to the debt conversation, a lot of times we get emotional about like, you, we look at debt and we think debt is the issue. Debt is the underlying problem. Um, it's almost like going to a doctor and they would say, well, you are you know, diagnosed with a debt issue. And I, I, think that's a, um, I think that's really misleading. And I think we actually don't solve a lot of the issues because we're, we're trying to treat the symptoms instead of the real problem. I think the real problem is what people are acquiring and purchasing. I think if you really get clear about um, if when people are drowning in debt, I think it's a it's a more of a reflection of what they are consuming, what they're purchasing, and the decisions that they're making. And debt can be an enabler of that. So it it doesn't get a a a, a, a free pass, but at the end of the day, it's an enabling the true issue which is the purchasing decision. A lot of times we we combine debt and the purchasing decision into one, one thing, we lump it together. But I think to, the really mature thing to do is separate it. And so first and foremost, we have to look at, we have to look at this one thing. If you already own things, you have to ask yourself, should you still own this? And if you're going to purchase something, you have to ask yourself, should I purchase this? It's the most important decision that you can make because at the end of the day, that decision ultimately um, will save us a lot of heartbreak and we could have a conversation about what's the most efficient way to do something, but at the end of the day, we're making an efficient decision to buy something that's actually not right or not efficient at all. So here are three questions that um, I would ask if we were sitting across the table and I was coaching you or and asking you questions is number one, I would ask you, why are you buying X? Or if you've already purchased it, why have you purchased X? So whether you have, you know, college degree, a car, multiple home loans, credit card debt, like whatever that is, why did you purchase that? And I would just listen. I would listen to the underlying, like, why did you make that decision? Or 
better yet, why do you want to make that decision? Because if you can watch this before you make a purchase or something, this will just this will be an amazing um, framework of, of before you make any purchase, know that it's a what before a how. What before how. What you're purchasing matters before the how you purchase it. So then the second second question is, how does this person purchase affect my cash flow and or net worth? How does this affect it in the short term? How does it affect it in the long term? Does uh, does purchasing this education, is this going to have a positive or negative or neutral effect on my current and future cash flow and net worth um, or, or not? I think a lot of people are, are buying education um, and education can be an amazing thing. It also, a lot of people are getting, are, are, are purchasing something, spending a lot of money, a lot of time for something that actually is not going to move the needle in their life. And they have never been asked this question or a lot of people are, are making a decision on a home or a car or a vacation and they don't understand that that decision, like what is that going to affect current and future cash flow and net worth? So it's just, it's just important to like realize whatever decision you make, what is this going to do or how is this going to affect cash flow and net worth? And then the third question is write out pros and cons. Uh, I'm a fan of whatever you do whatever you do, investments, different strategies. I believe everyone should understand the pros and cons. And if someone tells you that there's zero cons to something, I don't think that's good faith. And if you can't come up with one single reason not to purchase something, I would just encourage you to do some more due diligence. I, I can I can think of the best decisions of my life and there still were negative things. It doesn't mean I didn't make the pull the trigger that doesn't mean that i didn't say yes of course we're, we're all uh, we've all said yes to things that we're super happy that there's been cons but it's important to know the pros and cons and i just believe it's just a good it's just a good thing to do in general across the board what are the pros and cons to a decision so what we're trying to zoom in on is should you make this purchase or if you have this thing if you own this car if you own this home should you still own it is this thing still serving me with where I want to go. Some people literally have a values problem of their purchasing things that are not in alignment with what they value. Our, our biggest metric at Better Wealth is, is helping people live intentionally. I believe the intentional living metric should trump almost everything else because at the end of the day, my definition of wealth is living intentionally. And so what we find is a lot of people are buying things that aren't actually aligned with what intentional living looks like. It's more to impress people that they may or may not like. And it's it's not truly in alignment with that. A lot of people have values problem and it, and it results in bad debt. But at the end of the day, it's debt is just a symptom of the heart. Okay, so we answer the question, should you purchase this or should you still own this? If the answer is yes, I am going to purchase this or I'm going to keep this, I'm going to keep the house, I'm going to keep my car because this is this is the best decision for where I'm at um, currently and or where I want to be. So first thing is we separate the what, the how, I'm going to buy this thing. Okay, then the second question is, what is the best way to purchase this? So the second area is, should we use debt or no debt, okay? The, 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 second, the second question is, what is the most efficient way to make this acquisition is to purchase this. And, and really, I have three questions as it relates to diving into that. And, and the first question is, will this debt increase my current or future net worth? Will having debt help me 
with my net worth today and into the future. And that might sound crazy, but but simply put, if if I'm paying, you know, let's say I have debt at four or five or six percent, and I have I'm confident that long term I can earn six, seven, eight, nine, ten percent. Like everyone's a little different. I, I talk to people and that they say, Caleb, I really am not a, an investor. I don't I don't have a lot of belief in myself and what we're doing and I don't love the market and I, I think the market maybe will grow by four or five percent every year and I want to be very conservative that person might make different decisions than someone that says you know Caleb I'm gonna I, I am a business owner and I I believe that over a long period of time I'm gonna grow my my business and my net worth my it factor by 10 plus percent that means that I'm gonna bet on myself and and, and I'm gonna price that at 10 percent meaning if I take my money I better I better earn a greater rate of return than 10% versus myself. Or some people might believe in the market and say, hey, historically the market's done over 8%. I believe 8% is the metric that long-term is going to affect my net worth. And, and the reason that's important is, is some debt literally could be amazing debt. And what I mean by that is you may have you know a, a 4% or 5% or some people have a 3% mortgage and and yes you're paying interest and and you're and you're paying for you're paying extra for that home but the but the flip side is is you now have money that's earning at us assumed a greater rate because nothing's guaranteed but you're saying i have a confidence that over 10 15 20 30 years my 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 money is better served over here than paying off a debt at three, four, five percent. Cause it's just like if I was to invest, would I want, you know, a guaranteed three, four, five percent, or would I want to, you know, bet on myself or invest for the hope to get a greater rate of return? So it's just a math problem. And it really comes down to what your what your confidence level is and and where like where you ultimately want to control money. And so there's no no right or wrong answer for this. And I think uh, entrepreneurs, you need to be more uh, conservative because a lot of times we think we're going to the moon every year and that's just not consistent. And I think people that are really like conservative and doomsday, you know, I, I, I am a fan of like betting on America. And I, I do believe that, um, you know, things will go up over time as long as, you know, the we're, we're betting on America. I'll, I'll just, I'll just say that. So it's like, I, I, I wouldn't, I would assume some type of number and I think everyone's numbers personalized. Um, and a mistake that I see a lot of people making is, um, pumping up that number because of, of your, you're super optimistic. And at the end of the day, it's not realistic. The second question I would ask is, will taking this debt increase my current and future cash flow? Is having debt good for your cash flow or not? And uh, there's a lot of times where debt can just create horrible use, like it could just crush your cash flow. I think of high interest debt that just is like, wow, like this is this is just crushing my cash flow. I should just get rid of this. But I also think debt can be an amazing thing for cash flow. I think a good example of this could be a potential 30 year mortgage. 30 year mortgage could, you know, yes, you have your payment, but at the end of the day, it's allowing you to have money where you could be putting elsewhere versus if I tried to like pay off that, you know, debt in 10 years, my payment would be much, much greater, which would create 
a greater constraint on cash flow. And and again, that could be good, that could be bad. It it depends on what you're doing with that cash flow. What's the what's the what are you doing instead um, as it relates to that? And so uh, a tool that I I picked up from. Uh, my good friend Garrett Gunderson is he calls it the cash flow index. I'll have it down below, but it's essentially you take your loan balance, you divide it by your minimum loan payment, and it gives you your cash flow score. And and the whole point of that is just to analyze from a from a cash flow perspective, is your debts, you know, good for cash flow or bad from cash flow as it relates to that debt. And what you'll find is the higher number, the better. Um, and the lower number, it's like this debt is taking a greater restraint on cash flow. It's costing more cash flow to have this debt. And so it's just another tool that you can use as it relates to analyzing your debts from a cash flow perspective, because some debts, like I will say this, not all debt is created equal. And some debt, when it comes to your net worth and cash flow, um, can be positive. And some debt could be neutral and some debt can be really, really negative. And that, that helps analyzing is debt good or bad. The last question is around risk. Will having this debt reduce your current or future risk? Um, I think risk management is something really important. And I believe that in, in many cases, having debt can actually be a good thing for, uh, for you because we don't we don't know what's going to happen with our health. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with our lives. And I think it, it's looking at your current financial situation and saying, does having debt um, reduce my risk or increase my risk? A, a, a good example of this is is having a paid off house versus not. A lot of people think having a paid off house is the least risky thing. But um, if something happens to your health and you have a full paid off house, that means you have a ton of money in, in your home um, and something happens to you, banks don't like lending to people that can't pay them back. And so the really the answer that you would have is if you needed that extra money, the only thing, the only option that you could do is sell that home versus the person that may have money in a different account and, and they still might have a mortgage, but if something happens to them and, um, and they can't work, at least they have money that they can pay to the home, but it also gives them options to be able to maybe sell the home and maybe get a better price or keep the home and do other things with that. And so like, like anything, we just have to look at the pros and cons and sometimes being debt-free isn't the most secure. So to just to review, we have to look at what what we could be earning uh, we have to look at our assumption of like rate of return what do we what, what could we be earning and, and really compare what am i paying versus what could i be earning over a long period of time that's a, that can be a great way we can look at cash flow and say from a cash flow perspective should i pay off debt and would that be better for cash flow or should i should i keep that debt because that will be better for my current and future cash flow and then finally risk management um what is the most um what is the best thing as it relates to risk? Um, am I more risky by having no debt or, or am I actually less risky by having debt? And that's really, those are the three questions that I would ask as it relates to having having debt. And what we're gonna do is we're essentially gonna highlight the bad debts. And, and you can highlight that in like red or you can just create a check mark and be like, these are the debts that I really, um, they're not good from an interest rate standpoint. They're not good from a cash flow standpoint. And they're not good from a risk management standpoint, or it could be one out of the three. It could just be like, hey, this is not good from a risk management standpoint. I want to knock this out. And then we go into the third section, which is eliminating bad debt. So um, I, I'm a fan of, you know, good debt you should keep. Like if debt is, is something that um, is good for your for your net worth, your cash flow, and reduces your risk. I'm a fan of keeping it in your portfolio. I'm a fan of just like we have investment portfolios to have a debt portfolio and say good debt we should keep, bad debt we should eliminate. And and so step number three in this framework is really talking about the best way to eliminate. 
there's really three ways that you can go about eliminating debt. Uh, way number one is to do a refinance or consolidate. Think of think of that as just bundling debt together. And people do this. Um, it's really common in, in the student loan phenomenon. And it's also common uh, in, in the homes to, to refinance. Essentially, people do that to save on interest and to save on cash flow. So, so sometimes people will refinance and create a longer term. Which, which is better from, from a cash flow standpoint, or some people refinance when interest rates come down and it will literally save them interest and, and usually save them from a cash, cash flow uh, or, or payment standpoint. Um, I think when you, when you were talking about bad debt, refinancing and consolidating can be um, misleading. It could be a tool, but a lot of times um, it doesn't solve the real issue. And, and, and if you have bad debt, I think the best way is just to knock that thing out, knock that sucker out of it, out of there. And a lot of times refinancing and consolidating, it lulls us and, and it doesn't create as much urgency. So while it is a tool, it's something that should be a part of the, of the conversation. Um, you know, I, I'm not a big fan uh, of it if, if it's toxic, bad debt, um, but it can be used as a tool as it relates to eliminating debt. All right. The second strategy is what people call the avalanche strategy, and it's really starting with the highest interest rate and paying that off. So, for example, let's say you're analyzing your debt and there is, you know, a handful of debts that are just bad. What, what the avalanche strategy would say is we're going to take the highest interest rates and, and stack them up and we're going to pay off the highest interest rates the, at the fastest. So we're going to take all the extra money that we have from maybe investments, maybe, um, you know, savings, we're going to take all the extra money that we have, and we're going to knock off the highest interest rate debt. And then when, once that debt is taken, we're going to take that minimum payment and the extra interest rate and bring it down to the second debts and, and snowball it from there. Um, now note, um, even you want to make minimum payments on all your debts, regardless if it's high or low interest rates, it's important to make those minimum payments. But we're, what we're doing is instead of taking the shotgun approach and saying, we're just going to put money towards all these debts. We're really singling out. We're going to take the highest interest rate debt, knock it out the first. Um, and this is actually the most um, efficient way to, you know, save on interest and and pay off your debt. So um, this might not be like the fastest or, um, you know, from an emotional standpoint, it might not be the best way to pay off debt. Um, but from a from a interest rate, from an actual mathematical standpoint, taking the highest interest rate and knocking that out first is the best way to do it. And I have a, a chart on, on this that kind of gives you the idea of, of how to do this and, and where to begin. The third, third uh, way to do this is what's called the snowball method. This is what Dave Ramsey and a lot of other people uh, recommend people. If, you're, if you have a bunch of bad debt, um, the snowball method says instead of starting with the highest interest rate and working down, start with the lowest balance and, and you know, pay your minimum payments and all your bad debt take all the extra money that you can that you can come pay off that low balance and then once you pay off that first take the minimum payment and the and the extra payment and bring that down and you snowball it and this one creates momentum like this this one can can you know pay off the debt the fastest and, it, and, it, and from an emotional standpoint um, because let's be honest a lot of times when you have bad debt it's it's a function of emotion not math um, and a lot of times this is the best way because it's, it, it creates momentum. And, and I think when it comes to momentum and, and, and just the psychological aspect, it's, it's very, very good and very, very effective. And so in, in summary, we look at debt and we're less emotional about debt. We, we think debt is a, is a way of, of purchasing things. 
and it's neither good nor nor bad but at the end of the day we looked at what you purchase matters we then looked at how you buy something matters from an efficiency lens we looked at your interest rate we looked at your cash flow and we looked at your risk and all three of those things factor into why or how you should purchase something and then the things that are not serving us that are not good for our cash flow for not good for uh, our long term you know net worth and are not good for for risk we put in the bad debt category and then the bad ca- debt category has really three tools that we can use. Tool number one is we can refinance and consolidate. Tool number two is we can take the highest interest rate debt and knock that out first. And tool number three uh, could be we take the lowest balance and really create a snowball and create momentum. Um, my hope is that this, this this served you well. This is like a mini masterclass on on debt, on, on the framework of how to think about debt and, and really give you tools. Um, if this was helpful, please please like this, please share this. Um, these, these videos only are seen because other people watch and it tells the algorithms to say, hey, uh, this is useful, this is beneficial, push this out to more people. And it's our hope to serve as many people as they're on this journey of living more intentionally. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review and share this with the people that you know and love.